0: Still want you. Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today we're talking about season three, episode four of the Vampire Diaries, which is called Disturbing Behavior. And there is some disturbing behavior in this episode. Yeah, by a lot of people. Disturbing because it's either crazy or just stupid. As always, we will start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. This is a long synopsis. I mean, it is a jam-packed episode, but this is a particularly long synopsis. So buckle in, everybody. Still in Chicago, Klaus uses Gloria, a witch he knew long ago, to help him track down missing information that will explain why his plan isn't working. Gloria's spells reveal intriguing glimpses of the truth, but she soon realizes she needs Stefan's knowledge to complete the puzzle. When Stefan suddenly finds himself in danger, help comes from a surprising ally. Back in Mystic Falls, a frustrating new enemy pushes Damon over the brink and he lashes out in a way that will have lasting consequences. Caroline struggles with her own emotional issues, even as she tries to help Elena face her feelings. Jeremy makes a brief but disturbing breakthrough with one of his ghostly visitors, leaving him more confused than ever. Finally, Bonnie has a strange encounter that will affect everyone. I mean, so much stuff happened. A lot of big stuff this episode. I know we're really moving. We're in the season now, bitch. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about a lot of this. Great. So let's jump right in. We open the episode with a bunch of establishing shots of Chicago. We happen to know Chicago, so it's pretty easy. They got the river. They got, you know, the Sears Tower. Exactly. I wish they showed the bean. I wish they showed the bean. (laughs) In case you don't recognize Chicago, they do put a little chiron that says Chicago. We go to a little like clothing store. Klaus and Stefan are drinking champagne while Rebecca is shopping and trying on clothes. She takes a nice casual moment to slut shame 21st century women because she's wearing a very tiny black dress. And she says, oh, so women in the 21st century dress like prostitutes. Mama, go to a different store. I promise you, you can buy pants. And here's my thing, Rebecca. You were the slut of the 1920s. That's what flappers were, girly. Which Klaus basically says, um, Rebecca says, like, I used to get dirty looks for wearing trousers. And Klaus is like, yeah, you wore trousers so women today could wear nothing. Woke king. Yeah, he's like, hey, you don't have to talk shit on every woman. You just don't like the dress. He said, you can buy other dresses. But she obviously liked the dress. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) she was just like, wow, it's crazy that I'm dressed so slutty. Right, Stefan? Isn't it crazy? crazy like Stefan. do i like i don't know this feels like a little revealing for me Stefan. what do you think yeah Stefan. what's your read on this what's your read on the stress <laughs> hey, yay nay and then rebecca takes another moment to criticize the music she says the music sounds like a cable car accident which hysterical for a number of reasons number one what is a cable car <laughs> like a trolley she's speaking in 1920s lingo well, yeah, and it's so funny because, yes, yeah, she wouldn't know any techno sounds. And the yes. most technologically advanced thing she can compare it to is a cable car. Exactly. She said, this sounds like a Model T. <laughs> and <laughs> Stefan says, well, it's dance music. And she says, people dance to this. So Rebecca is giving us pick me girl energy. Yeah, I love her. She's a crazy little bitch. She is full. Instinct. She's like if Catherine didn't temper any thought. That went through her head. Yes, Catherine unfiltered. Which is exactly the kind of vibe I personally respond to. I love it. Clearly, Stefan has a type. (laughs) Except Elena. I don't know where Elena came from. She's an anomaly. Klaus says, hey, are we done here? And Rebecca says, why are you grumpy? And Klaus says, well, I needed one thing to figure out why my hybrids aren't working. And you lost it. And Rebecca says, okay, like, let's calm it down. It's been missing for 90 years. I've been dead. I didn't lose it. Yeah, she's like, I didn't like lose it while I was in the coffin. Like, give me a break here. And if I did, there was nothing I could have done because you killed me. Yeah, like (laughs) maybe you shouldn't have killed me that night. What, ever think of that? But no, Klaus didn't ever think of that. (laughs) So she says, well, what do you think of the dress? You know, we get a nice pan. It's nice, tight black dress. It looks very cute on her. She is serving. And Stefan says, oh, I like it. And she says, I can tell when you're lying. And he says, what? I said I liked it. See, and this is sign number one that Stefan should be very careful with her. She is already giving insane behavior. Well, because here's the thing. I think Stefan is like trying to outthink Rebecca with the same strategy he would use on Catherine. You can't outthink crazy. She's not following the laws of logic. She's not doing any logic. She just has really good instincts when she's like, when did you stop being in love with me? And like, what the fuck? She's fully following her intuition and it's not lying to her. He's trying to like manipulate her and Stefan's not even manipulative on a soft target. He couldn't even manipulate like Bonnie, who loved Bonnie. She's kind of a soft target for manipulation. Obviously we see later, Catherine tricks her immediately. (laughs) Yeah, she gets tricked a lot. It's But that's the thing. Stefan couldn't even fool her. Stefan is like trying to like outmaneuver Rebecca and Rebecca's not doing any maneuvering. She's just vibing. Yeah, she's not being manipulative. This is just pure, unfiltered Rebecca. <laughs> Nothing is hidden. Everything is on the surface. And still, Stefan is like, I got to trick her with her inner thoughts. No, you know her inner thoughts. She said them. She just you told weren't you. are listening. <laughs> like, this girl is crazy. You need to just leave some space. Love and light to her, but she's crazy. And Stefan, you need to understand. Yeah. Love and light. You're going to lose to her. And you'll deserve it. You're not crazy enough. You don't you can't follow that thought process. (laughs) And you wouldn't want to. Yeah. (laughs) So Rebecca's upset. So she storms off back into the dressing room and Klaus says, oh, good work. And Stefan says, you're the one who pulled the dagger out. She says, I heard that. She says, are you fucking kidding me? That's rude. She's going to get his ass. So the boys giggle and Stefan says, you know what? I need some fresh hair. Klaus pours himself some more champagne because he's letting the leash go long because he's like, now that you know we're best friends, you're never going to leave me again because we're best friends, Stefan. Yeah, he's like, he now knows that we are the two best friends that have ever existed in the universe. And he's in love with my insane sister who will tell me if anything changes. It's pretty good life that I have set up right now. The great thing about the originals, and this is what's so fun about this show, is like Klaus and Rebecca are both set up as like, these awful, awful villains, but you sit with them and it's like, man, these two are just silly. They're like insecure, a little crazy. Neither of them is really thinking completely straight at any given time. And that's the problem. They're not thinking completely straight. And Stefan is thinking too straight. We are on two diverging paths. Yeah. And Stefan, I don't think, realizes that he is the Catherine here. Like, he doesn't have to, like, manipulate them like they're Catherine. Like, no, Stefan, you're the Catherine. Like, you don't have to, like, go through these extra hoops. You can just, like, say things. Just literally, all he has to do is always make one of them feel left out. Yeah. Which is exactly what Catherine did with Stefan and Damon. If he just always, like, every day, and it can be random. Just, he wakes up, and he's like, today's a Rebecca day. Yeah, And he's just really nice to Rebecca. Klaus will be like, that's all he has to do to manage them. All he needs is to make one feel left out enough that they spill the secret. And all he has to do, really. And, you know, even before we saw the end of this episode, I could have told him this. You never kiss fucking Rebecca. Never, never. No. And we'll get to all the things he did wrong in that conversation when we get there, because I have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah, but that's like numero uno you never do that you have to stay and will they won't they land with both of these two you always yeah. have to be like at a little bit of a distance like i'm not quite klaus's best friend i'm not yeah. quite rebecca's boyfriend but they think it's possible they think they're at the brink and how did stefan spend all this time with katherine and not pick up on a single strategy he was too busy falling in love yeah <laughs> to him it wasn't strategy it was just dating It's just funny. I'm obsessed with uh, Rebecca, obsessed with Klaus, obsessed with how Stefan just has no plot. He fumbles the ball at every opportunity. So Stefan goes outside where he sees Catherine and she beckons him and he does follow. So then we go check in at the Gilbert house. Damon's making fun of Elena because she's bringing chili to a potluck and he says everyone brings chili. That's a joke we'll see throughout the episode, a little levity. (laughs) And Rick comes in to this little you know, this um, little flirt fest, this little <laughs> flirt fest. And he's immediately apprehensive. Elena, again, in a huge belt because she's so little like this belt is literally like a third of her body. It's some, yes. it's insane. And Elena says, hey, Rick, when do you want to go to the Lockwood party? And he says, the founders parties really aren't my thing. But of course he's going to go because all his friends are going. Damon says, yeah, when you show up, there's going to be nine other people who brought chili. And Elena's like, oh, it's an old family recipe. And Damon's like, I knew your old family. They made sucky chili. And he smiles at her. And then she like giggles. And, like it's like him. bumps him. It's like, and okay. that goes back and forth for like a full 10 seconds. Hmm, yummy. And Alaric is standing there like, should I go? Alert's like, like, what the fuck is happening here? Alert cannot help but clock the sparks flying as he usually does. But he's not quite shipping right now. Like, he's like, whatever. If they want to flirt. I get it. He's like, this is viewing into territory I don't fully appreciate. Yeah. And so Rick takes a second to bring them back down to Earth. He says, hey, why are you here exactly, Damon? <laughs> And Damon says, oh, Elena knows. And Elena says, yeah, he thinks I'm going to break, but I'm not going to break. I'm just going to make chili. And Brenda and I didn't spend the whole summer looking for someone who didn't want to be found. And it's like, okay, you sound like you're not doing well. (laughs) Yeah. And Damon says she's in denial, which naturally she denies exactly what someone in denial would do. Yeah. And, you know, Rick is watching them back and forth. They're clearly very comfortable joking with each other. Rick is not happy about this. And then it gets worse. Damon says, oh, you're still wearing this necklace. And he holds the necklace that's on Elena's body. He says, it's a reminder of your unbreakable bond with Stefan, right? And they, like, look at each other. They're, like, two inches apart. They are so close to each other. He's, like, touching her chest by touching the necklace. Elena cannot stop looking at his lips. Alaric is looking at this and he's like, What the hell? When did this happen? He's like, I thought I had this kind of under control. Like I was watching for this. When did you two get so flirty? And he's kind of like hesitantly like, okay, I might have to say something about this. You can see it in his face. Yeah, he's like, okay, this is taking a turn. And also he's like, and I am her guardian right now. So I do feel like I should protect her a little bit. And also I'm right here. If they're this blatantly flirting with me here, what are they doing when I'm not here? Yeah, exactly. He's like, Are you guys faux making out? And in Alaric's mind, remember, and in Alaric's mind, and in actual fact, Elena just turned 18 and she's gone through a lot of trauma in the past year. She's not like in a place where she should be flirting with Damon, but Damon has a little bit of a power struggle. Yeah, it's not a good situation, especially because even if it were not Damon, like she just got shit on by her boyfriend who. Got essentially kidnapped for the summer. Like she shouldn't really be flirting with anyone. It that's like not a healthy place to be, and it's certainly not healthy if it's her brother. Oh, he said if it's not, her brother? Yeah, it's certainly not healthy if it's if her if boyfriend's it's, if brother. boyfriend's brother. And that's ignoring all of Damon's issues. So yeah. there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, none of it good. A has reasons to be worried. Yeah. So then we go back to Chicago. Stefan approaches Catherine and says, hey, what are you doing here? She says, Klaus, your new bestie. She says, you seem pretty chummy. And Stefan says, you know, if Klaus sees you, you're dead. And she says, well, happy to know you still care. Obviously, he does care. Else he wouldn't have said that. Sorry, Stefan. Yeah. Snitch on yourself. And then she says, so tell me if I'm wrong. Rebecca's necklace that Klaus is looking for. That's the necklace you gave to Elena, right? And Stefan says, okay, bye. <laughs> he said, he said uh, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> he says, lower your voice. <laughs> she says, You're up. If you're up to something, you should tell me. And Stefan says, look, they don't know where the necklace is, so I simply have to keep them from figuring it out. It's all under control. That didn't even sound under control. Yeah, and Catherine says, please tell me you have a better plan than that. (laughs) She's like, look, I'm messing with you because I want you to team up with me, but like, I'm fully concerned. Like, that's a bad decision. Yeah, the plan cannot be, well, I just have to stop them from figuring it out newsflash stefan they're gonna figure it out if you do nothing else you can't just like talk your way out of this again because you can't talk your way out of crazy yeah (laughs) he can't like manipulate them to stop looking for the necklace he can distract them with his like winning charm yeah or like find a fake necklace maybe they won't i mean i'm sure rebecca would remember what it looked like or lie about like oh i found it that day i gave it to this like random like person that I like dated and then killed it could be like somewhere here yeah I gave it to this girl who I was like in love with and then I killed her whatever you know come up with a story which you know Stefan's really not a good enough liar for Rebecca to believe that but tell as much of the story of you giving it to Elena as like the truth and then just say it was in a different place with a different person yeah put them on a wild goose chase But no, instead, his plan is, I hope they don't figure it out. We'll see how that goes, Stefan. And Catherine gathers from his look that he does have another plan. And she says, look, you're not the diabolical type. Whatever you're planning won't work. And Stefan says, well, if the most diabolical woman I know can't figure it out, I must be doing something right. She's like, you told me a minute ago. Like, If I take five more minutes, I think I'll figure it out. Which she does. And then she says, right I forgot. You're bad now. Well, don't get cocky. Klaus is smarter than you. He's smarter than everyone. And also, I heard about that sister. Be careful. She'll ruin you. And Stefan says, "Mm, happy to know you still care. She said, I've never said I didn't. She said, I have been telling you I'm in love with you for years now. Well, yeah, she's like, yeah, be careful with that sister. And Stefan's like, oh, you're crazy, Catherine. Hey, Stefan, listen. And the thing is, Catherine makes a comment that Klaus is smarter than Stefan. I do disagree with that. I think Klaus is more savvy than Stefan. I think he's street smarter. If Stefan applied himself, he would be smarter than Klaus, but he refuses to apply himself. Yeah, I think if Stefan took some time to like go to the drawing board on a plan, which he clearly has time to do because they let him just disappear. I do think that he could come up with something. He's just not trying. Here's what I think he should do. Here's what I would do if I was Stefan. And I know this is a little risky for a number of reasons, but I don't really think it is. So they're giving him a lot of leeway. They're giving him a long leash. Find a pay phone, call Damon and say, hey, please stay away from me. But you need to get that necklace away from Elena. That's all I can tell you. I think if he has this leash, there's no point in even doing this, like, don't come find me. But he can be like, hey, Damon, like, look, obviously I had to do these things to keep Klaus at bay. He's giving me a longer leash now. Get that necklace away from Elena. I think they're going to figure out like they're looking for it. And if it's near her, they're going to figure out that she has it. Or if you want to protect yourself from compulsion, because if Klaus were smart, he would compel Stefan a while and be like, you talk to your brother. So Stefan should just call like Bonnie or someone who like they would never, who like Klaus would never think to ask about. Yeah. Like give the sheriff a call. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think he has ways around this now with this leash, but he just, I think he is under this impression now because Klaus was like, oh, we're friends. That he's like, oh no. I'm smarter. I can figure this out. And it's like, you do have to take some time to think though. Well, and one aspect to consider is that, you know, allegorically he's proverbially getting like drunk every day because he's having human blood more than he usually does. He's feeling more powerful. He's feeling more confident. His judgment I think may be impaired by the sheer volume of human blood. He's been drinking. Yeah. He's feeling confident. And that's what Catherine said. She's like, you're getting cocky. And he said, no, that doesn't sound like me. I'm too smart to get cocky. Yeah, no, he's like one of those girls who's had like four tequila shots and she's like, I think I could jump off a building. You can't. <laughs> like, I think my ankle might twist, but I think I could survive it. And it's like, mm. like you're giving yourself a lot of credit. <laughs> yeah. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Jeremy is asleep and he's got a sketch pad at his feet. It is a Naruto character. It's not particularly well drawn, but I like to see him doing his hobbies. again. It's good to follow his passions. He wakes up and Anna's in bed with him. And she says, Jeremy, and he is like, oh my God. And she's like, wait, can you actually hear me? Wait, you, you need to tell me you can hear me. And he's like, wait, what? You disappeared. She's like, please, can you just really quick tell me you can hear me? She's like, just a yes or no. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, And he says, yes, I can hear you. She says, I've been trying to get to hear you for days. He's confused because basically the last time he saw her, she was like, hey, don't trust Vicky. And then he hasn't seen her. Yeah. And he thought she had some control over that. She says, look, I've been trying to get you to hear her for days. So what changed? And he says, well, I was dreaming about you. And she says, me. He says, oh, little old me. They exchange some longing looks. He sits with her. He can't believe she's here. He holds her hand, blah, blah, blah. This is making me so nostalgic for this couple. I loved this couple when they were around. I know. Obviously, we all know this. We all know Anna's death hit me hard. One of my top three hardest deaths on the show. Um, along with the two other obvious ones. So it was really fun to get a lot of Anna here. Yeah, I know. It's good to have Anna back. It was sad to see her die, and I knew you were sad, but I knew that you'd see her again, so I knew that would be a fun I treat. think these two are such a good match for each other. No offense to Bonnie, but mm-hmm. I, was, I was shipping. Yeah. Then the doorbell rings downstairs, and it's Caroline, and she says, um, I come bearing gifts. And Elena says, please tell me that's not chilly, but of course it is. Another <laughs> chilly joke for our troubles. And then Caroline steps aside and Bonnie is back. They hug. It's very exciting to see Bonnie back. We've missed her. Yeah, it's been a while. And Jeremy's like, oh shit. (laughs) Bonnie says, I leave town for the summer and everything goes to hell for both of you. And they're kind of like, well, yeah, it did. They're like, that's okay. Your life is going to get harder too, girl. Yeah, it's not going to be perfect (laughs) for you. And Jeremy comes downstairs. He hugs Bonnie, she wraps her legs around him, they kiss. Anna watches and Jeremy sees her in the mirror and he's like, ooh, I feel weird about this. He's like, this I don't love. This is very uncomfortable for me. He's like, I don't like the situation I'm being put in by my own thoughts. And then we go out to the town square where Damon and Liz are catching up. Good to see this friendship has powered through the struggle of her finding out that Damon is a vampire and almost killing her. (laughs) friendship (laughs) has persisted. And she's just filling him in on the events with, Bill, Forbes, and Caroline, and he says, oh, so Mayor Lockwood called your gay ex-husband to torture your vampire daughter. And she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been keeping him detained just to get the vervain out of his system so that you could compel him but I don't want you to kill him because it's Caroline's father. And he's like, come on, man, he's been a dick. And Liz says, look, just because you and I are on okay terms doesn't mean I'm suddenly a big advocate for your lifestyle. And David says, is that what you told him when you got divorced? <laughs> and she's, she kind of giggles. She's like, okay, haha, very funny. She's like, I did set myself up for that one. That's fair. So then we go down to the city jail where Liz has detained Bill. And Liz says, hey, real quick, before you compel him, could you like double check him for Vervain? And Damon says, yeah, for sure. So they go in. Damon rips the duct tape off Bill's mouth. And he- Bill groans a little performatively. It's like, okay, it's duct tape. Like, He's like oh. suck it up. <laughs> like, you just burned your daughter in this very chair. So maybe get over the duct tape. Yeah. And Bill says, oh, really? You're bringing another vampire into this? And Liz says, hey, it's the best thing for all of us. And Damon really wants to, like, school this guy before compelling him, which I do appreciate someone defending Caroline in this way. Um, so Damon says, so I heard you into the whole, like, daddy-daughter vampire torture thing. Bill maintains that he was trying to help her. He's like, well, I had a good reason. It's like, okay, no. You didn't, but that's okay. But sure. And Damon says, you know, if there's anyone who doesn't need help, it's your annoying control freak of a daughter. Aw. <laughs> compliment. off. <Stop. laughs> Finally, Caroline getting gassed up. It is a compliment, and it's true. She is, like the one vampire who does not start shit and cause problems she has her shit s- way more together than damon or stefan one of my favorite kind moments of all time was like three episodes after she became a vampire and she's like i'm already better at controlling my blood urge than stefan and she was she like, was she's <laughs> for like a week she's like got her shit figured out and so damon bites bill's neck to check for Verbane, confirms he's clean Bill literally groaned louder at the duct tape than he bit, but okay. <laughs> he doesn't want to give Damon that satisfaction. <laughs> and Liz says, okay, like just erase his memory. You don't need to give your supervillain speech, dude. But Damon says, no, I've got one more zinger. <laughs> he says, hey, I just have one question for you, Bill. What makes you think you can change the basic nature of a vampire? And he says, the mind is a powerful tool. It can be trained and retrained if you're strong enough. See, he said this and I was like, oh yeah, this compulsion is not going to work. Incredible that you picked up on that. And <laughs> and Damon really should have maybe thought about that. Because this is kind I, of Bill's whole thing is like, you can train yourself to do anything. So it makes sense that if he's against vampires, the first thing he would learn how to do is how to withstand compulsion. Well, and it tracks that he so heavily believed that he could just like, stop Caroline from wanting to drink blood by burning her for a little bit because that logic seemed stupid for obvious reasons but clearly he has evidence that he can train himself around this like supernatural thing well the logic seems sound enough in the sense that like if your dog pees on the carpet negative and positive reinforcement is what helps like the logic of it makes some semblance of sense yeah yeah And Damon says, you know, I agree. I absolutely love mind control. And then he starts compelling him. Naturally, he says, okay, leave town immediately. The only thing you're going to remember is that you brought your daughter back to school shopping. Okay, homophobe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he loves shopping because he's gay? Nice, Damon. So then we go over to Gloria's. Stefan is back. He's reunited with the gang. Rebecca says, you left. And Stefan says, yeah, retail therapy was making my head explode. And Klaus says, tell me about it, brother. Um, So they're laughing. And then Stefan's like, oh, what's Gloria doing? And Klaus says, failing. (laughs) And Gloria's like, can you give me a break? Yeah, Gloria says, well, you know, it's pretty hard to get anything done when you have nothing to go on. And Rebecca says, well, hey, use me. I wore the necklace for a thousand years. And Gloria's like, she offers a solution. What did we all learn here? And Rebecca be in her little short shorts, strutting, posing. I love it. She's like, can't believe girls wear this short of dresses. But she said, you know, if it's shorts, though.
1: She says, oh, good. this is a
0: serve. My butt looks cute in these. She <laughs> said, okay, I, I'm, I'm coming around on it. She said, I get it now. And Stefan says, oh, so you guys are still looking for the necklace, huh? He's like, huh? I was kind of hoping we'd be past that by I, now. We still don't. I mean, that's pretty stupid. Don't you guys want to, like, uh, go shop more? I hear there's a really big American girl, st- American girl Doll store in Chicago, and I've been dying to check it out. You know, the Art Institute is supposed to be cool. You guys been to the Bean yet? <laughs> like, you should get a hot dog. What if we just went to the Bean really quick? <laughs> they have a new Sky Deck on the Sears Tower. So we go over to the Gilbert house. Bonnie is saying that she was with her dad's side of the family for her, for the summer, and they were very normal, and so she was very bored. Girl, you're going to eat those woods," Caroline said, well, I would actually like kill for a normal family right now. And Caroline notices that Elena has made chili. And she said, hey, Elena, when did you learn to cook? And Elena says, oh, well, Damon helped me. Bonnie says, oh, so he's helping you cook now. They pretty quickly gleam on to what's happening here. And Elena is like shocked by it because she kind of thinks she's getting away with it. Yeah. And they didn't even see her interact with Damon. And they can tell they're like, why would he come over to help you cook chili? Like he's not known for cooking none of that tracks. Elena says, oh, okay, you guys need to stop judging. He's just trying to be a good, and then she says, ow, because her necklace starts burning her. <laughs> and so we cut back over to Gloria's really quick, and Gloria says, oh, I can sense something. And Stefan's like, "God, damn it, what the fuck already? He's like, god, this, this is really fast. <laughs> and then we go back to the Gilbert house, and Elena's like, okay, it burned me. And then she, she takes off the necklace smartly. And Caroline says, you know, maybe that's a sign you shouldn't be wearing it since you're cooking without Stefan. It's like, Caroline, it obviously <laughs> burned her for a supernatural reason, but I love you making it about your point. Yeah, Letting it on a little thick. <laughs> so we go back and forth between Gloria's and the Gilbert house. Gloria's continuing the spell. Bonnie's like looking at the necklace. Stefan's looking freaked out. Bonnie reaches out to the necklace and it shocks her. And Gloria says, well, I found it. And Stefan's like, huh? Stephens so it's like that took five minutes he was under the impression and i understand why he was under this impression that without the necklace they couldn't really locate anything like they couldn't find anything out about it without the actual necklace which i think that's a fair assumption unfortunately uh didn't pan out that way i think it's not a crazy thought that they could locate it somehow i think he probably thought it would take them a while yeah. because usually when he does stuff with bonnie she like has to research a little but you forget that Gloria has been a witch for 80 years. She knows the spell already. She doesn't need to read a grimoire. Exactly. So then we go to Gloria's and Rebecca says, okay, well, where is it since you found it? And Gloria says, well, you know, it doesn't really work like that. I get images. I don't really get like specific locations. Like I saw a girl with her friends and Rebecca says a dead girl with dead friends. Yeah. Rebecca's like, yeah, some bitches that stole my necklace. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'll kill them for taking my necklace. That's fucking rude. You know what, Fair enough. She said, I wore that necklace for a thousand years and three bitches stole it. And Gloria says, look, I'll need to dive back in for more details. And Klaus says, so dive. And she says, no, I need time and space. You're harshing my juju. You can wait. And Klaus is like, uh, no, you're going to do it right now. And she's like, no, that's not what I'm asking. And Stefan says, you know what? Let's come back later. I'm hungry anyway. You can pick who we eat because Stefan wants to get the hell out of there. He doesn't want answers about this necklace yet, which Gloria knows as much. So she's like, Stefan will shut this down for me. It's pretty clear that Gloria knows more than she wants to share with Klaus because she's like, clearly this guy has some information and she doesn't particularly like Klaus. So she's like, we'll take a second. Yeah. She doesn't like Stefan either, but she likes him more than Klaus. So (laughs) yeah. And obviously we find out she doesn't actually really care about helping Klaus. She's doing this for her own purposes, but we'll get there. So then Stefan heads out, Klaus and Rebecca follow, leaving Gloria alone. So then we go over to this Lockwood picnic, potluck, whatever this event is, who cares? Bonnie found an identification spell to find out what magic affected the necklace, but it'll take a while. So you guys look out. So she's sitting with Caroline and Elena. They're supposed to be on the lookout so that no one sees her doing magic, but Caroline instead takes the time to stir the pot yeah she's like well well, we have a few minutes time to bring my points up again yeah she says so are you like switching salvatores the answer may uh surprise you elena it's seemingly yes and elena is not ready to talk about it it suddenly flipped when everyone was like well damon you're obviously in love with elena and he's like whoa whoa whoa, shut up and now people are like well elena clearly there's something going on with Damon," and she's like whoa 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 shut up because she's like i'm not ready to talk about that why are you all noticing and Caroline says, look, I'm your friend and I worry about you and I'm just asking what the deal is with you and Damon. And Elena says, well, there is no deal. He's just as focused on finding Stefan as I am. And Caroline says, yeah, but that doesn't make him any less Damon. And I just want to remind you, if my own father, who I love dearly, cannot change me, no one can change Damon, not even you. And Elena's like, eh. Elena's like but I could fix him though. <laughs> yeah, Elena's like, the thing is though, have you met me? I mean, I think I can fix them. She's like, I hear you. you. Your dad can't change you, but I'm different. And I do think this is tough love and exactly what Elena needs to hear right now. And it's the core of, of everything because Elena does know that she's like seeing Damon become a nicer person before her very eyes. She's like, that's great. I love hanging out with this Damon, but you can't change anybody. Yeah. It's funny how people change. I mean, I don't know, do people really change? I think they do. Yeah, but I mean, they still stay who they are, pretty much. I think we change all the time. I think we stay the same, but grow, I guess, a little bit. I think if you're growing, then you're changing. But I mean, we're changing from who we are, which we always stay as. Not really. I don't think so. I think so. That's what Caroline and Elena are doing. So then... The necklace starts floating and Bonnie says, okay, well, I'm not doing anything. So that means the necklace has its own magic. Uh, It did burn her. So that tracks. (laughs) We know it's a talisman from a witch. We don't know a ton about this necklace, but obviously there's something going on with her. Meanwhile, Damon and Alaric are at the food table where surprise, surprise, all of the founding families have brought chili. (laughs) Like just have a chili cook off. (laughs) I know. It is a comedy masterclass. It is the rule of three. We had to get one more chili joke in here and we got it. Meanwhile, Damon and Alaric are both having beers. And Damon says, you know, let me tell you a secret. These founders parties are just an excuse for the council to gather and plot against vampires. Number one, de <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Number one, secret. <laughs> yeah. Number two, just have a weekly meeting. Why do you have to throw a party? It's a yeah. waste of taxpayer dollars. Yeah. Literally, like, you guys are not as secret as you think you are. Like, everyone knows there's a council. And yeah, they don't know the council's, like, actual purpose, but- You can still have a council meeting. Just say you're meeting about like taxes. Yeah, I promise you no one's going to come. Have you ever gone to a city council meeting? There are like five people there that don't have to be. And you can keep them out. I don't think anyone's going to fight that You can have closed door meetings. They do it all the time. I wonder if there's like one person in Mystic Falls who used to come to like every city council meeting complaining about like, I don't know, the clock tower. And they're like, this fire hydrant has been leaking for months and they're like, well, okay. We have to start having like secret meetings because I don't want to hear from Linda. (laughs) Linda's like, we need to ban to kill a mockingbird. And they're like, oh man, I don't want to hear from Linda. She's racist. (laughs) It's like perks and rec where the girls, the woman's like, well, I found this sandwich on like outside at one of your perks and it gave me food poisoning, (laughs) like that kind of shit. And they're like, okay, we need to do something different. I don't want to have to talk to like the non-founders. Yeah. So anyway, Rick says, Hey, I think you need to take a beat with Elena. And he's right. And he's right. And he says, look, whatever you two have going on is a bad idea. And Damon says, okay, that's not really your problem, Rick. And Rick says, actually, it is. I'm supposed to look after her. And this is me doing that. Now, this is a smart concern. And I think Rick is kind of the only one who could have brought it up to Damon without being immediately killed. But obviously, there's only so much you can do with Damon. Yeah. I mean, he's the only one who could bring it up. And he was right to bring it up because he's like, hey, I know Elena's kind of on the fence here, but it's a weird thing to be doing. Like, you both have, like, Stefan to worry about and it's just not really the time for either of you he's like approaching this in the best way he possibly can but of course Damon takes this exceedingly personally (laughs) he can't help it Damon's like what do you think I'm doing I'm also looking after her and Rick says I think you need to take a beat again Rick does this as good as he possibly can he doesn't say you're clearly hitting on a girl who is not emotionally ready to give you what you are asking of her but Rick just says you need to take a beat Yeah, he's like, look, I'm not going to get into the details of it. I just think you should take a step back. Damon knows the details. Rick knows he doesn't have to like specify what he's talking about because he knows as soon as he says it, Damon will know what he's talking about. Of course, that's why Damon is so mad. Yeah, but they don't get to finish this conversation because Liz interrupts. She tells Damon that the mayor called the council meeting and Damon leaves Rick alone to be like, okay, well, I think I did that conversation went as well as it possibly could have, but I might be dead tonight. Yeah, Alaric kind of knew this was a risky thing to bring up, but he was like, well, I have to try. Got to give it to Alaric. He's not really afraid of Damon. Yeah. So then we go back to Chicago. Klaus, Rebecca, and Stefan are all having some blood. Rebecca's complaining because she killed her girl forever ago and she's bored. She's like, you guys eat so fucking slow. She's like, I just have to sit here. Well, you just sip. Yeah, come on. And Klaus says, oh, wow, Stefan, you really were hungry. Because Stefan is like drinking that chomping. blood. Yeah, <laughs> he's chomping. And Stefan says, well, it's been a long day. And Klaus says, trying to relate related to her. And Rebecca says, okay, Klaus, you're being mean. But she's more upset because Stefan is being mean because he used to love her. And Klaus says like, look, Rebecca, it's been 90 years. Just like give him a minute. Yeah, which she's like, I won't first of all. She's like, have you seen how fucking hot I look in shorts? Rebecca says, number one, I don't give anyone a minute unless I want to. And then Rebecca says, why are you taking Stefan's side? Because again, Stefan is the Catherine here. If he accepted that, he would have these two wrapped around his little fingers. Yeah. He has them wrapped around his finger as is, and he's not doing anything. If he just played it a little smarter, he would be fine for months. And Klaus says, you know, I feel pity for any man that doesn't give you what you want, Rebecca. And Rebecca says, don't make me out to be a brat. I am not a brat. Girl, you are a brat and I love you for it. I love you. It's wonderful, but you are a brat. That's a good word for you. It's okay. Yeah, Klaus says 1,000 years of life experience says otherwise. And Stefan then, because it's getting two against Rebecca, Stefan switches to be against Klaus. Says, well, you know, Klaus, you're no picnic either. Like, I've been with you for a summer and I want to blow my brains out. Rebecca is like, fantastic. (laughs) well if you're unkillable and you've been alive for a thousand years i'd be a fucking brat too what are you gonna do kill me yeah you wouldn't be able to tell me shit dude (laughs) i'd be fucking insane (laughs) and they are and they are i really do feel like rebecca is what i would turn into if i was in this situation i think that's why i vibe with her (laughs) so stefan tosses the dead body of the girl he just had for lunch aside and he says i need to go and Rebecca's like, where the fuck are you going And Klaus says, Oh, he's got to go write a name on a wall. This is the plus of being in Chicago and having that wall. Stefan's got a great excuse to leave after killing someone. So he just had to kill someone to get out of there. Yeah. Sorry to this girl, but he said, I feel bad about that, but I, I got to do what I got to do here. Yeah. So then we go back over to the Lockwood house. Jeremy goes to like a dining room. It's by itself. No one else is there. And he calls out to Anna and she appears and he's like, oh my God, I don't know how much time we have. And she says, we have all the time in the world, dude. And he's like, well, not really, but okay. And he apologizes for being distracted earlier. And she's like, oh, that's fine. But I do feel um, inclined to ask, why haven't you told Bonnie that you're seeing ghosts? Yeah, she's like, clearly you didn't tell your witch girlfriend about this. And I feel like I have a guess at the reason. Do you want to tell me that you're in love with me? (laughs) And he says, well, she's been gone all summer. And Anna says, no, that I know. Why haven't you told her really? Yeah, Anna's like, first of all, we both know that's not the reason. I know what cell phones are. Yeah, and he doesn't answer this question. He just says like, oh, I don't, I just don't understand how it's possible. And she says, well, it's a push and pull. I am over here on the other side pushing. And if you pull, you can see me. This is an introduction to a term. Anna says she calls where she is the other side. This is what we in the Vampire Diaries universe are going to call where Anna is. Um, so okay. we can start referring to it as the other side. This is the term we will be picking up on. Yeah. And this is a little bit of lore here. Yes. Of like what these ghosts are doing. How she describes the other side is that she's part of this world. She can see everyone, but no one can see her. So, So that's all we get information about the other side so far. Yeah. Um, it seems like it's like a limbo situation where she's like still in the world. Like she isn't really in an afterlife situation. She's like still on earth somehow but obviously no one can see her except you would assume mediums or like someone like jeremy who came back from the dead so here's a couple questions about the other side for you Mm -hmm. based on what we know so far obviously we don't know a ton do you think the other side is where everyone goes when they die do you think it's just supernaturals do you think there's a way to move from the other side to living and to beyond what are your thoughts on the general mechanics i guess and who gets there yeah, I think there's got to be a move beyond the other side to like an afterlife, because I feel like there's no reason that like, although you know, this might just be me being like that would be sad, um, to be like alone but still walking around. Like you would think if this is where everyone ended up, she would see other people, you know. So I think there is like a way to move beyond. I'm sure if you're still in this kind of interim there is a way to be pulled out because clearly Vicky is asking for that essentially. But I am assuming, I I think I said this earlier on, Vicky asked for that. I think it's like the life force spell where you would have to trade spots with someone Mm -hmm. essentially. In terms of who ends up there, because I think there's potential that it's someone who like dies in like a violent way. Like we think about the witches where you can channel more power if they died in a violent way. That's one thought. But that's clearly not a catch-all because you would think we would see other people besides vicky and anna so it might be about like who they're tethered to in the human world but i think there is some specific version of that tether because or else like it's not like jeremy never thinks about jenna you know like he would see jenna if it's just about thinking about them and he's clearly thinking about anna and vicky more because he's dating someone and he's aware that he's seen them. But I think there's, I think there is like another level of afterlife beyond that. I don't really know how you get stuck. It could be some sort of like, if there is still some sense of like love nearby that like, could you get pulled out? Is there a way to like bring a person you love back situation? Just because this show is about love at its core. I think that could be a reasoning of why you'd still be there. Of course, then you could make the argument that, someone like Jenna would be in this other side and only like Alert could see her if he ever got this opportunity. Like it might be a specific type of love or specific person. Maybe you can only see specific people that are like linked to your death in some way. Mm. Um, Although Jeremy's not really linked to, I was gonna say Jeremy's not really linked to Anna's death the same way he was to Vicky, but Anna got like kidnapped from being with Jeremy before she Mm -hmm. died. So those are just some thoughts thrown out. (laughs) I think you kind of addressed this, but do you think that people who are on the other side that they can see each other like do you think Anna and Vicky could potentially like see each other it seems like no because Anna's saying she's all by herself and like she can't really talk to anyone you would think they would be able to see each other though if it's this kind of limbo but it seems like no interesting like I would think they would be able to but from what we hear from her it sounds like no We'll learn, obviously, more about the other side as we move on, since I'm telling you we're introducing a term that we're going to use. Obviously, we're going to keep referring to that. But just so we know, the other side is the term we're going to be using. Mm -hmm. So then Jeremy says, hey, what about Vicky? And Anna says, whenever you see her, I feel a darkness. And when I tell you not to let her in, it feels as though she's pushing me out. So all I'm going to tell you is be careful. Don't let her in. She can't get through to you if you're not open to it. Yeah, we can't see Anna. We've never seen Anna and Vicky at like the same time. Mm -hmm. We've seen like one and then the other. But it seems like maybe Jeremy can only see one of them at any given time. And if Vicky pushes too far in front, he'll stop seeing Anna is my thought. And Anna says, you know, it's amazing to be able to talk to you. Like, I don't have anyone. She holds his hand and then she says, I'm sorry. I know you can't feel anything. And then he so- tells her to do it again. They do like a little Tarazan. They hold their hands. And we're meant <laughs> little to- Little pilgrim's hands. Yeah, pilgrim's <laughs> hands. And I think it's pretty clear that what we're meant to understand here is that he can feel her hand. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. She's got a little Scrabble ring on. Yeah, <laughs> She's sir. ready. So we know that normally she can't touch people who are not on the- Like she can't touch people on earth, but she can touch Jeremy. So that's just an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, so it's very, Jeremy's right in the in-between there, it seems. Yeah, so just keeping in mind, that's one rule we have set up that they normally can't touch people. But for Jeremy. He suddenly went from one girlfriend to three. Yeah, sir. (laughs) Um, So then we go back over to Gloria's. Gloria is cleaning up and Stefan comes in alone and he says, oh, I thought you were resting. And she says, yeah, well, now we both have a secret. Yeah, she's like, I think we both know I was lying about that. Let's get to the point. And Stefan says, OK, um, what did you see, you know, when you were doing your little spell? And she says, it's actually what I heard that was interesting, because what she heard was Caroline be like, oh, so now you're cooking without Stefan. <laughs> she's like, heard this grooming kind of a bitch to a friend. <laughs> uh, she's like, but from what I could tell, it sounded like it was something a friend really needed to hear. Yeah, she's like. It, so I heard this girl being kind of tough on her friend, but it kind of seemed like it was, you know, kind of boiling up for a while because she's like cooking with this guy who's not you. And I don't know what the relationship is. Uh, far be it for me. But it kind of <laughs> seems like she's holding on to you, but kind of letting her eyes stray. Sounds like she might want to kiss somebody. And I, I don't know who it is. And you I can, have any ideas. And from the context, it kind of seems like it's your brother. But that would be crazy but bitchy that can't of her. Be right. That can't be right. <laughs> um, anyway. She says, you know, the girls with the necklace were talking about you. And Stefan says, Okay, well, why didn't you tell Klaus? She says, Look, I don't want to help him with anything, but that necklace is a talisman from the original witch herself, and I want it. So really, Gloria is just trying to get this necklace. It's not really about helping Klaus. That's just something she has to do in order to get this necklace. The necklace is way more important to her. Yeah, she's like, I want this necklace back because it's it belonged to my ancestor. Like I don't have to deal with Klaus for it, but clearly you know where this necklace is. So I do have to deal with you, unfortunately. Now, if Stefan were smart, he would team up with Catherine, say, Catherine, go pretend to be Elena, go get that necklace, bring it back here, give it to Gloria. Yeah. But no, what Stefan says is, I can't help you. I don't know why he wouldn't be like, look, I gave it to this girl. It's very likely the reason that Klaus's hybrids aren't working is because she is alive. And I don't want to have to tell him that. I don't want him to get that information. I will get this necklace for you, but you have to keep that from him. I don't because he even needs to give her that much information. Why would he tell her all that? I don't know. I guess it seems like she's on one of, it seems like she's already closer to his side than Klaus is. Well, that's what I'm saying. So why give her more information that she could use to leverage against him if something that's doesn't true. work out? All he has to say is like, it's true. I know where the necklace is. I can get it for you, but you cannot tell Klaus you found it. You need to keep Klaus off that trail. Yeah. And I feel like that's enough that she would be like, great, give me the necklace. I got no problem with that. Yeah, she'd be like, as long as you get me the necklace, I don't care. But anyway, he says he can't help her. And she says, you know, I would hate to tell Klaus that his psychic is a liar. And Stefan decides to try to attack her. Foolish choice. She hits him with the little witchy aneurysm thing and says, I guess I gotta get it out of you the hard way. She's like, do you think I'm fucking stupid? He's like, this is not the first time a vampire has lunged at me. I am like 80 years old looking younger because I've been spelling myself younger. Like I can handle one vampire. Exactly. So then we go to a commercial break, but when we come back, Gloria has set up a ton of candles. He's on the table. He can't move. He's not chained in. She gave him a nice little paralysis spell. She says nothing major. She cuts open some slits on his wrists and she says, I'm going to use this to basically get into your head and get info from you. She's like, you know, a lot of modern witches. They're very new agey, but me, I'm very old school voodoo. She puts in a little like clamp to stop him from healing. She lets his blood collect in a bucket. And he says, well, just so you know, like, owie, this hurts, but I'm not going to tell you anything. And she says, you're not going to have to. She's like, that's not really the point of this spell. She's like, I'm opening these you know, I'm getting you to bleed. So I'm going to get your essence. Your essence is like floating around this room right now, BTW. So what I'm going to do is use that essence to make a connection. Some herbs help. I've got some great herbs today. Sage, witch hazel, and of course, my favorite. And the audience, we know what her favorite is. It's vervain. What's my favorite, she says. And the audience says, vervain. She says, y'all know it. And so she puts some herbs on him and he screams in pain. So we leave them alone for a second. (laughs) So let me go over to the council meeting. The sheriff says, "You know, we haven't really had any incidents since spring. It's been super quiet." And Carol says, "Anyone have anything else?" And Damon says, "I think the sheriff covered it. It looks like we made it through the worst of it." And Mayor's like, "All right, meeting adjourned." And everyone and the council's <laughs> like, doop, 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 doop. "I like, love our Great, town." Time to go eat some chili. <laughs> <laughs> I could use some more chili. <laughs> um, and so they're all milling about, but Carol Liz, and Damon gather in the corner of the room to have a drink because they're kind of a team right now. Yeah. They're a little trio. And then Bill comes to the door and he says, I have a question for you three. And they're like, "Now what the fuck is he doing here? And he says, do you think everyone on the council is clueless or just stupid? And they all say both. (laughs) They all say, yes, we do. (laughs) They are. We just got it proven. Like, did you see them? They're dumb. (laughs) Then we go back over to the Gilbert house. Bonnie and Jeremy are looking through grimoires to find anything about precious metals or a necklace. And Jeremy says, why can't you just ask all the dead witches you were channeling? And she says, they cut me off when I brought you back to life. Yeah, she's like, I really asked a lot of them, uh, probably more than I was supposed to ask, definitely more than they wanted to help me with. And they uh, did not like it. Yeah, the opinion they have is that she messed with the balance of nature, which she did. And she says that she told Elena when this happened, but she didn't want Jeremy to feel weird about it because he did nothing wrong. And Bonnie also seems to believe that this is the consequences they were telling her, that they were like, okay, we'll do it, but there'll be consequences. And like, this was the consequences, which low stakes and fair enough. I mean, it was nice that they waited this long to cut her off because she was using their power for a lot. And Bonnie says, also, Elena told me you've been having a hard time lately. And he says, nope, I'm just a little out of it. Uh, what grimoire should I read? Barely sells it. Yeah. He says, so how old is this necklace? And she says, old, ha ha ha. He picks up the necklace to look at it. And Anna appears suddenly and she says, hey, you know that darkness I told you about? It's here right now. And then all the grimoires catch fire. Bonnie uses magic to stop it, but they have no idea what happened. What do you make of this? Like, do you think this darkness, this fire, do you think this was caused by Vicky? I think like- we're meant to believe it was caused by Vicky because it's a darkness. I don't really know how Vicky could do this. I think it's probably, you would think it could be Gloria looking for the necklace, but she's kind of busy with her own spell. So I guess we have to assume it's Vicky. You have to assume that the reason the books are burned is because they didn't want them finding anything else about this necklace. But that's one theory anyway. That's what my theory is. Yeah. So I guess it could be to the witches. I mean, just because she stopped channeling the witches doesn't mean they're not like aware of her power. Yeah. So they could be like, hey, Like, you can't work against witches constantly. Like, you do have to respect us a little. Which, like, she has no way to know this necklace belonged to the original witch, whatever. Like, she just thinks it's a necklace Stefan gave Elena. Like, she doesn't know the story behind it. Yeah. Clearly, something doesn't want her to have too much information about this necklace. It could also be some protection that Gloria has against, like, locator spells or anything like that. Just that she kind of has put up because- She's an old witch. She would know how to do stuff like that. That's a good point. So then we go back to Gloria's. She's like, Stefan, you've got great discipline, but it won't do you much good. You just got to let go. So she keeps hitting him with herbs. He keeps being in pain. And finally he does let go. We see like clips of his life. We know. And Gloria pieces it together pretty quickly. She says, oh, so you had a girlfriend. You gave her this necklace You would do anything for her and you did do anything for her. There's lots of darkness and guilt and you want to keep her away from Klaus. But why would Klaus be interested in your girlfriend? Oh, she's the doppelganger. She's supposed to be dead. That's why the hybrids won't work. Okay, so she figures this all out in like 10 seconds. And Stefan's like, God fucking damn it. (laughs) Stefan's like, this is going to shit. (laughs) But luckily he gets his day saved from the person he should have been trusting this whole time. Catherine appears and she says, Wow. Crazy. And then she stabs Gloria in the neck and kills her. Yeah. Which, sorry. You've had more than your fair share of time on this earth, Miss Mama. Yeah. You extended your life a little long. You had no reason to be alive since the twenties. And Catherine says, I guess you did need my help after all, huh? And Stefan is like, okay, yeah, I can see that. Stefan is like, okay, you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough read on this situation. And Catherine's like, I could tell you needed my help. The second that conversation started, I've just been following, waiting for the right moment. Yeah, she's just been hanging. Yeah, she's like, oh, I could see him get a little tortured first. Yeah, she's like, he could (laughs) learn a lesson or two. (laughs) So then we go back over to the Lockwoods. Caroline asks Elena if Stefan ever mentioned where he got the necklace. And Elena's like, no, and I never asked. Well, he gave it to her before she knew that he was a vampire too. So she would have no reason to ask like anything about it. Well, yeah, she probably just assumed it was like a family antique, which fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And so then Alaric approaches them and says, please tell me it's time to go. And Elena says, beyond, where is Damon? And Caroline says, probably off somewhere doing bad things to good people. (laughs) And both Alaric and Elena give her a look. Elena's like, oh my God, what the fuck? And Alaric's like, oh good, I got a teammate here. Yeah, Alaric's like, good, I'm not the only one who's seeing this happen. And Caroline says, consider me the honesty police. And then she notices that her dad is here. And Elena's like, why would he show up? And she's like, I don't know, but I have to get out of here. She goes upstairs and Alaric says, like, what was that about? And Elena says, speaking of doing bad things to good people. So Rick and Elena start to leave. But Damon chases them down and says, hey, we have a problem. So apparently Bill Forbes is impervious to compulsion. And I don't know how, but basically he threatened to out me to the council. And Alaric says, well, what does he want? And Damon says, he wants to control the council. He says it's been compromised. And Alaric says, well, it has. Yeah, Alaric's like, well, it has been compromised. So that is kind of a fair reaction. And then he's like, no, you don't understand. Bill wants to put Vervain in the town's water supply. And Elena says, well, maybe that's not such a bad idea. It'll help keep you in control now that Stefan's not here to- The exact worst thing to say. Damon's been having a pretty bad day. So he first got mad at Alaric. Now he's mad at Bill. So this is the last thing he needed. Obviously he's about to go on his little um, tantrum. Damon says, oh, to what? To keep me in check. It's obviously a sore spot for Damon that Elena thinks that Stefan has to keep him in check. And obviously a thing of like, Damon has been seeing their relationship kind of grow. And like, maybe this could happen someday for her to just be like, well, you still need Stefan. Yeah. And it's like, uh, no, I can do whatever I want. I used to do whatever I want. Why Why would anyone tell me anything? And Damon says, you know, I should have killed Bill this morning. And Elena says, no, you shouldn't have. It's Caroline's dad. You're not doing that. And Damon says, yeah, and when I kill him, she'll have one more parent than we do. It's like, OK, well, you're taking this a little personally. And Rick says, come on, Damon. And Damon says, you know, Rick, you are repeatedly killing my buzz today. And Alaric's like, yeah, Alaric's like, OK, this can't be good. <laughs> yeah. And he says, you need to step aside. And of course, Alaric says, yeah, I'm not going to do that because, again, Alaric's not afraid of Damon. And Elena looks scared because, you know, the writing's on the wall here. And you can see Damon takes a second and he looks to make sure Alaric has his ring on, his Gilbert ring. And then he says, Your temporary funeral. And he snaps Alaric's neck. And Elena says, Hey, what's wrong with you? And Damon leaves. Damon's like, It's pretty clear what's wrong with me. I'm pissed. And not to be a Damon apologist, but at least he checked for the ring. I feel like with the ring for Damon, it's like, Well, this is just like punching him. It's still harsher than punching because now he's leaving Elena to like carry a corpse of a man who's basically a father figure to her. Yeah, that's true. By killing Alaric in this instant, he's basically saying the reason I don't kill all of you is because you're on my side. The second you're not on my side, I can and I will kill you. That's a little um, harsh considering Alaric is literally his best friend. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you really just are having a bad day. And its I think it's this thing of when Damon has a bad day and someone's like, hey, you're clearly having a bad day. Maybe you should go like be by yourself and sort through your feelings. And he's like, no, I'm not having a bad day. How dare you like notice that about me? It's like, it's okay if you're having a bad day. Like just go take a break, sit down. It's just funny because literally he killed Alaric because Alaric is like, hey, maybe don't flirt with Elena. And he said, no, he's said I'm killing you. You can't tell me anything. And Elena's like, okay, well, this is just obnoxious. Yeah, and Elena's like, I really thought I was handling this, but I am not handling this the way I thought I was. Yeah. So then we go over to Gloria's. Stefan and Catherine are like, you know, wrapping up Gloria's body, cleaning up the whole scene. And Catherine says, you know, I've been thinking about your plan. And obviously I figured it out. And Stefan says, oh, okay, do tell. And Catherine says, you must know. Klaus is too paranoid to ever fully trust you. But the sister loves you like it was yesterday. Therefore, she's an easier mark. But you can't just pretend to care because Klaus will know better. So you do the opposite. You bond with Klaus, make Rebecca feel left out, and then she's gonna want you more. Catherine's like, look how simple it is. It is a pretty simple plan, and it is what Stefan is doing. The problem is he really uh, doesn't stick the landing. I think he knows that this is the path to take, but he doesn't really know how to keep people at arms. Length. No, this, but this is the path he's taking. Uh, no, th- th- yeah, this is the path he's like trying to take. Yes, but he doesn't really know how to keep people at arms length the right way. He's not very good at like maintaining that. Well, he's not good at patience, which is his main problem. But again, we'll get there when we get to his conversation with Rebecca. <laughs> so Stefan says, oh, you mean I'm taking a page out of the Catherine Pierce playbook? And it's like, yeah, you should. It's a good playbook. It works. Yeah. She's still alive, despite most people she meets hating her. Yeah. I think her playbook is pretty solid. Yeah. Catherine says, the real question is why? I mean, I know you want to keep Klaus from Mystic Balls, but what else do you expect to get? And Stefan says, you know, it's funny you keep talking to me like you expect me to trust you enough to tell you anything. And Catherine says, are we not beyond that? I just saved you from this voodoo priestess. She's like, can you just fucking trust me? I'm very useful to have on your side. Yeah, and he has no one else, let us keep in mind. And the thing about Catherine, she is a very useful teammate. The only time it has turned around on them is when they've expected her to put them above her. Never gonna happen. As long as you know that about Catherine, great teammate. Yeah, as long as you want exactly what she wants, she's a good ally to have. Yeah. So then Stefan says, okay, fine. I knew them in the 20s. They were running from someone who scared them. Catherine refers to him as the hunter, and she says she's heard about him centuries ago. Stefan says, don't you want to know why an original vampire who can't be killed is afraid of a vampire hunter? I know I want to know it. You have any guesses why? Nope. Uh, I I don't know why they're so scared of him. I, I had a thought. Over this like week since we kind of met him potentially, which is I I'll say it, it's probably stupid. Especially because they've heard about him centuries ago, so there's at least a possibility he's immortal. I think this hunter could be related to one of the families that led to Klaus, like the family that got like thrown to the side. Gotcha. Who was like the victim of the infidelity, ah. or was the mistress, or man version i can't remember who cheated on who but the wife cheated on um the husband because she had to get pregnant oh yeah yeah that makes sense so i think it could be this werewolf family that like saw then this whole family become all powerful and it's like well hey like i'm proud of the reason but then why would klaus be afraid of them everyone wants to kill klaus why is he afraid of like someone oh you oh you knew my dad okay I feel like they must have more information about either how to kill him or how to like take away some kind of power. You would think maybe they would have a way to take away the possibility of a werewolf thing, but obviously that's past now that the curse is broken. But maybe they have some way to break the curse or kill originals. I don't know. There must be some deep connection to this family that they would be chasing originals specifically. Sure. Because other like vampire hunter types we've seen have really just been after vampires I think there's a reason that this one hunter maybe family of hunters because I don't know how the hunter would be immortal is after just the originals sure Catherine says well listen if you want to make a move against Klaus I'm in and Stefan says you know it's good to want things Catherine Um, which is classic and he says but if you're looking for a diabolical partner in crime look elsewhere and he takes Gloria's body and heads out and Catherine incidentally will be looking elsewhere. Catherine said, fine, I will. She said, I'll go to the B team. I'll take the advice. I'll take my she's second like, string. She was like, Hey, you were my first choice. I have other options. I have backups. I have a safety. <laughs> I have a safety yeah. choice. <laughs> so then we go back over to the Lockwood house. Tyler is coming home in his football drag and he sees Caroline laying in his bed and she's like, Hey, how was football practice? And he's like, why are you here right now? And she says, oh, I'm hiding from my dad. And he's like, fair enough. And he says, oh, okay. Hey, you okay? And she says, yeah. And he says, you want me to kick your dad's ass? And she says, yeah. Well, actually, no, I bought him that shirt and it was expensive. Also, he's still my dad. So I'm having complicated feelings about the whole thing. Anyway, so he's like, okay. So he hugs her. It's cute. She says he reeks. He says, nah, this is sexy, lady. And they make out. And it's a steamy little makeout. And then her phone rings and she makes the mistake of answering it. Wouldn't be me. I'll call you back later, mama. <laughs> and she's like, I'm only answering in case it's an emergency. And Elena says, okay, well, it is an emergency because Alaric is dead at her feet and she can't carry him by herself. Yeah, that's a lot, of, a lot of dead weight. So then we go to the Lockwood study. We can assume it's a study or whatever, maybe where they had the meeting. Bill is pouring himself a scotch and Damon says, oh, I you know, figured you'd be an abstainer. And Bill says, well, everything in moderation, you know, it helps keep the mind clear from influence. And Damon says, yeah, like vampire compulsion. I get it. And Bill says, hey, I tried to tell you that the mind is a powerful tool. And Damon's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Damon's like, I thought you were just saying something goofy. Like, I didn't think you actually meant it. (laughs) But Damon admits he's like, you know, I'm impressed. I really can't say I've ever seen it before. And Bill says, well, it takes a certain human focus. I've been working on it for decades. Also, your technique is lazy. And Damon's like, of course it's lazy. It works every time. Why would I do something fancy? Yeah, you didn't have any vervain. <laughs> yeah, He's like, I didn't need to go, like get crazy with it. And Damon says, you know, why not just expose us to the council? And Bill says, look, I know you think I'm the bad guy here, but I would never expose my daughter to those morons. Which is... Is a reasonable reaction, I think. It's so funny because like John Gilbert didn't snitch just because he like, I don't know, wanted to be in control of things. Bill's like, no, they're just dumbasses. Like, why would I snitch to these idiots? Like that tracks for me. It's funny to think back to season one when the council was truly our biggest villain. And now every time someone refers to them, it's like those clueless idiots. Yeah. (laughs) Which we at the time thought they were clueless idiots too because if you'll remember, they had no idea how they walked in the sun. And Bill like just figured out how they walk in the sun, but he at least knows they can Yeah. Unlike the council, which is like, well, they, we can't have any vampires. There's no one who doesn't walk in the sun. Yeah. Damon's not a vampire. I saw him during the day. (laughs) Cross him off. (laughs) Damon says, you taking me on is kind of a risky move. And Bill said, look, I knew the risk I was taking by not leaving town, but I figured you weren't self-destructive enough to kill the sheriff's ex-husband. That is actually generally a pretty good read of Damon. Most days he would be like, there are not enough people who I want to deal with their wrath from killing this guy. Yeah. However, today's a bad day. Yeah. Today is not one of those days. This is one of those reads that it's like, yes, but (laughs) under the right circumstances. Yeah. And Damon says, you know, now you're the third person to underestimate me today. And then he bites Bill's neck and starts feeding. And Damon takes a step back to talk to him. But Moy says, he he lets him go while he's still alive. And he says, you know, with all this behavioral modification going on, I forgot how good blood tastes when it is fresh. And Bill says, what are you going to do? Kill everybody who discovers your secret? And Damon says, oh, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to find pleasure in perfect moments like this and keeps feeding on him. Do you think if left alone with him, Damon would have eventually killed him? I think he probably would have just because he would have been mad. Yeah. Like, I think the fact that he didn't immediately just snap a neck is like a little bit more control than we've seen from him when he's mad. Yeah, more control than we saw from him not 10 minutes ago. Yeah. So that's like kind of a better sign. But I think he would have been pissy. And I think Bill is playing this as well as he can. Like, okay, are you really going to kill every single person who like figures this out? Like, that's just not really productive for you. Kind of logic, but also kind of like, okay, this is just kind of a waste of time. Yeah. So Caroline comes in, knocks Damon away from her dad because she's like, you're not fucking doing this right now. She offers Bill some of her blood to heal. He says, no, I'm fine. And she says, grow up and feeds him. (laughs) She's like, no, you're going to drink this. Get over yourself. Truly. (laughs) Damon says that he's going to teach this ass wheel a life lesson. Could they not say asshole? (laughs) That happens sometimes in like reality shows. They'll say asshole, but they'll beep the hole yeah have you noticed this? I have noticed this, of course, I've noticed this. But then why wouldn't you just say like ass wipe? Yeah, ass wheel seems weird, but Damon's not really thinking straight. I no think. one really clocks it or says anything though. Caroline says, just get out of here and Damon says, or what? So she fights with him a little bit. he fights back, he chokes her, he basically gets her like on the desk and it seems like he's overpowered her and he says, like, oh, I'm stronger than you." And she says, yeah, well, I'm angrier. And then she like headbutts him, hits him, throws him against the wall. Oh, it's incredible. And Elena walks in just in time to see Caroline giving Damon the business. And then Caroline grabs her dad and runs really fast. See, this is the thing. Damon's so mad. People are underestimating him and he's just underestimated Caroline. Let it be a lesson. Sorry, she's better than you. Damon says, ah, oh, bummer. I love a girl fight. And Elena says, you cannot do this anymore. Not in this town and not around me. And he says, why not? It's nothing I haven't done before. Why is it suddenly so important for people to keep me in check? And the answer is because Elena's starting to have feelings for him. And now people are worried in a different way. Yeah. Because she's like, look, it's embarrassing if I like you and you act like this, like for, if you want me to like be obsessed with you and be in love with you, you have to act better. But of course to Damon, it's like act more like Stefan. Yeah. And she can't say all that right away. So she says, I don't want you to be what other people think you are. And he says, oh, a monster. Sorry to disappoint you, Elena. But last I checked, I was still a vampire. And she says, well, I wish you didn't have to act like one. And he says, I am not Stefan. How about you stop trying to turn me into him? And this is a perfect like summation of what he's mad about. People want him to be like Stefan. And it's particularly hurtful to him when it's Elena, because basically he thinks that her love of him would be contingent on him becoming Stefan. Well, yeah, and that Damon feels like Elena is only in him because Stefan's not there. And that if Stefan were to come back, she would jump back to Stefan really quickly because Damon feels like the second choice, which she's already felt like with Catherine. So he doesn't really want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, you're just starting to have feelings for me because- I'm here and Stefan's not. And now you want me to act more like Stefan so that it's more palatable. Like if you really loved me, you wouldn't be worried about that. Exactly. And Elena is trying to turn him into Stefan. She she can hide behind the fact like, oh, I want to be better. She wants him to be better so that she doesn't feel as awful about being into him. Yeah. Because she obviously has some sort of feelings for him and she's starting to I think, feel like it might be more than friends in some way. And I think she's kind of talked it down into like, well, no, it's just he's the only one who understands Stefan as much as I do. But it's clearly getting into like a a like crush type situation. And she's like, and I don't really want to have to justify this with everyone. And her justifications aren't working anymore. For a while, she was able. No one was asking questions. And she didn't need to justify anything. It's all falling through now. Everyone's noticing. Everyone is seeing the sparks flying. You can see the fireworks from across town. And everyone's like, okay, we did want you to kind of move on from Stefan. But this doesn't feel like a productive thing to do. Because I think everyone also is like, you know, there's a reason you were with Stefan and not Damon. Like, are you just waiting for Stefan to come back? They're all seeing it from all those sides too. Yeah. And she knows that when Damon says this to her, she knows that that's true. And so she lets him go. She kind of sits with that and he leaves. Yeah, she wasn't like consciously turning him into Stefan, but she was hoping he would act more like Stefan. Mm-hmm. So then we go back over to the Gilbert house. Bonnie tells Jeremy there's ashes everywhere from the fire. She grabs the vacuum and he washes his hands. As he's washing his hands, Anna appears. So he closes the door and turns on the sink so that Bonnie can't hear. And she says, hey, are you OK? And he says, don't. Bonnie's here. You got to stop showing up every time that I'm with Bonnie. And she says, I am trying to warn you. I felt something dangerous and also not for nothing, bitch. It's a two way street. I can't show up if you're not thinking about me. She's like, I just explained to you how this worked. Like you have to be thinking about me for me to be here. And she says, and I'm starting to realize now that that's why you haven't told her that you're seeing ghosts because you don't want her to know that you still care. And that is exactly succinctly what's going on. Yeah. Another Gilbert being told something very true that they did not want to hear. And he says, Look, I can't do this right now. And she says, Okay, look, I'm sorry, but like, don't shut me out. And then uh, he does shut her out because, again, she told him something he didn't want to hear. And lucky for him, he can just ignore her because no one else can hear it. <laughs> and he basically, to prove to her that she's wrong, even though she is right, um, he goes to Bonnie and starts to tell her, He says, You know, you asked if something was wrong earlier. I said, No, that was a lie. When I died, whatever, blah, blah. So he starts to tell her, Anna watches and she is like, begging him to hear her, but he can't and she sobs. Yeah. And he basically, I mean, the fact that he is telling Bonnie directly after being told why he didn't tell Bonnie, clearly, you know, it's true. And it's not crazy that he would still have some sort of care for Anna and Vicky. Like they died mid relationship. Like that's not crazy. And he could tell Bonnie that I feel like Mm -hmm. she would understand that. Like, because at this point she's like, okay, well they're dead. So it doesn't really matter you know, but it does matter if he's seeing them and she's not seeing them. This is the thing is he knows that if he's only seeing them and no one else knows, he doesn't have to answer for how he acts with them. That's why it's not going well for Elena. She has to answer for her behavior with Damon. Yeah. Jeremy doesn't have to answer for these things if he doesn't want to. Unfortunately, he's seeing now he might have to. He's going to be sorting through this still. Like, I don't think he's going to not be talking to Anna again. Well, we'll see. So then we go over to the warehouse where all the coffins are. Stefan's walking in. He looks at them and he goes and almost starts to open one as Rebecca pops up. And it's like, Stefan, if you're going to do this, maybe make sure they're further away. Yeah. She doesn't outwardly clock it, but you have to imagine that she has clocked that by the way this conversation goes. Like, why are you looking at coffins? But anyway, she says, oh, you're back. And then she tells him that Nick went to go check on the witch. And then she starts talking about the coffin. She says, you know, the family cargo, it's dreary, huh? And he asks her, why don't you undagger them? And she says, oh, well, Klaus would hunt me down and kill me because he's a vindictive little bastard. Stefan, you don't need to ask this question immediately after going to open one of the coffins. Well, I think this question is kind of safe territory because it does kind of bond. He knows that she was close with her siblings. I think this question is a good way into an emotional conversation. I don't think this is where it goes bad quite yet. I just think it's not quite the right time. To me, it seemed like she clocked him opening the coffin and that he was about to do that. But I do think generally this question is a good starting point. And then Stefan goes deeper into emotions, which I think is the right move. He says, why do you still care about him? And she says, you know, I hated him for a long time and it was exhausting. And then this is where he really starts to go down the drain because he said, you know, when I met you, you two were both on the run. King, I am begging you to have a little tact wait a little longer to bring this up, wait for her to bring it up even. He thinks that she is a soft target. She's not a soft target. She's softer than Klaus, but that doesn't make her an easy target. Well, and she's soft under the right circumstances, but you have to read the circumstances well and you have to wait for her to bring this up. Especially because like this would be a great time this conversation to have her be like, yeah, I used to hate him and it was exhausting. And he can very easily say, yeah, you know, my brother and I hated each other for years. I totally get what you mean. When he can even say, you know, yeah, I'm having the same feeling. I, all I knew was a Klaus I hated. And ever since he brought back my memories, it's just like, I'm kind of reckoning with that same thing of knowing you back then. He has to bring up the past without bringing them running. Yeah. Like I just remember you guys when we were all friends and like, God, I wish that could have lasted forever. I just miss when life was simpler then. Life was so easy for us then. And then she can very easily be like, oh, you know, there were hard times too. Like, you can't just ask exactly what you want to know. Like, that's not really how manipulation works. Yeah, if it's not an interrogation, you can't just ask the question. You have to kind of work your way to it. But he doesn't. But Rebecca doesn't immediately let him know he's already lost this conversation, though he has. She says, yeah, running was exhausting too. And then Stefan digs in deeper. He says, who are you running from? You both seemed afraid. And uh, well, I didn't think Klaus would be afraid of anyone. He tries to, you know, cushion that question with like a personal observation at the end. But he get he showed his whole hand in the first half of that sentence. It was just it's a lot like he's going so deep and asking all these questions like within a minute.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: like you do have to kind of like make it seem like you didn't just enter this conversation for this one piece of information. Yeah it's obvious. And again, Rebecca doesn't right away let him know that she can tell he's already shot his load. She says, well, no one is truly fearless, even Nick Klaus. And Stefan says, yeah, well, who was that man that you were running from? And she says, I can't. If Nick knew we were talking about this. And then Stefan does kind of a smart thing here. Where he says, oh, you know what? Forget I asked. We can let it go. Sorry. Which is smart. Make it seem like you don't actually care about the answer. And then Rebecca says, you know, Nick told me about the girl you loved who died and that you're only here because he saved your brother. And Stefan does the smart thing here. And he says, yeah, that's true. And again, this is where I think he should say like, I'm just really reckoning with my friendship because I did really care about both of you. And I just, it's hard to remember all those things, whatever. It's a lot to take in. And Rebecca says, you know, I think Klaus secretly admires that about you and he'd sacrifice anything for family, but don't tell him I told you that. Girlie, it's pretty obvious Klaus admires that about Stefan. Yeah, he told us all that straight up like a day ago, but she's kind of being like, oh, haha, like I'm opening up, too, because this is like a conversation. She already knows. Yeah, she's planning her next move, which is the right move. He says, your secret is safe with me. She kisses him. And where Stefan really absolutely loses it is he tries to play along and It was smart of Rebecca to do this because she knew that he would act instinctually and his instincts are bad because what he should do is push her away and say, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I feel weird about this. Like he should totally play into like, I'm still not sure. Like I'm still, you know, was so in love with this girl who died and I, I I don't feel ready to be in this situation again. Like I'm, I just am like so overwhelmed. Yes. But instead he tries to play along and he's not a good faker. So then she really she gets him even better here because she's already made her decision from the kiss and he's trying to act. And she says, do you think you'll ever love anyone like you loved that girl? This is a genius move because Mm -hmm. she knows that right now the answer that he has is no. And that he's mourning because she doesn't even think the girl's alive. And what Stefan should say here is like, I don't know. And Stefan is like not thinking strategically, because it seems like pushing her away from a kiss and saying like, I don't know if I'll ever love you seem like the bad call because it's like not being in love with her. But the thing is being fake in love with her is worse than that if she can tell. And Stefan is stupid to assume she can't tell. He has made the assumption about Rebecca and it's egged on by Klaus and it's egged on by Rebecca in a way too, that Rebecca is a hopeless romantic who will do anything to feel loved by Stefan. That's partly true but she will not accept faked love from him. And he's not a good faker. I think Rebecca knows this about herself too, yeah. that she's like, look, people don't take me seriously because I'm kind of a brat. That's fine. She's like, I'm not changing. But I'm also aware when you guys are like blowing shit up my ass. Like I know when you're lying to me. So like blowing you- Blowing shit up my ass. <laughs> I didn't know. blowing <laughs> smoke. <laughs> so, so, but she can tell when people are lying and she's like, look, you don't have to be obsessed with me. I would prefer it but don't lie to me either. That's rude. The way he should play this is like hesitant, but hopeful that playing like, I don't know if I ever will. And I'm sorry. I know that like we were in love once and I feel awful doing this to you, but I just, I can't do this right now because the longer he does this and pretends like she already knows that he's lying. And so the longer he lies, she's like, you think I'm so fucking stupid. Yeah. Instead Stefan says the most like romance, novel generic answer that he says like, oh, one day, maybe I will. And she says, I can always tell when you're lying, Stefan. And he's like, me? Lying? I would, not me. I'm not a liar. And she says, don't even bother. And this is when he loses it because then he realizes he's been caught. And she says, look, your kiss already gave you away. And in perfect timing, Klaus returns and he says, okay, Gloria's cleared out. We need a new witch. And he notices, you know, the pheromones flying in the room, some tension. And he says, hey, what's going on here? And Rebecca says, something's wrong. He was asking about Michael. He's not with us. <laughs> and Stefan's like, and oh, Stephen's whoa. like, whoa. <laughs> so first of all, she was asking about Michael. This is a small thing she puts to the side. But Michael is the name of the man he was looking for, who they were looking for. Yeah. So he still got his answer. Yeah. <laughs> of course, not like it'll matter. And she says, I can sense he's not with us. And Stefan says, no, she's wrong. <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry, she knows better. She throws him under the bus immediately. You know, he could still kind of walk this back. Like, I want to be with you, Klaus, but I'm not really sure on Rebecca right now. And like, I tried to fake it because I wanted her to trust me. Kiss Klaus's ass this time is the only movie could make, which would be iffy at best anyway. Yeah, I mean, or even say like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm still having a hard time trusting you guys fully. Excuse me for covering my bases and trying to have an out just be somewhat honest without like being fully honest because anytime he's like no she's wrong it's like okay she's not and klaus knows that so just just go with it at this point you got caught yeah so klaus goes to attack stefan a little bit but we cut away so we don't know exactly what happens right at that moment so then we go over to the Salvatore house it's the next morning Damon is making screwdrivers. He's making two screwdrivers, vodka and orange juice. They're basically clear. He barely puts any orange juice in it. And that's because he's making one for him and one from Alaric, who's coming back from the dead. He literally squirts like a quarter of an orange worth of orange juice into the screwdriver. And he's like, looks good to me. He said, drink done. He shakes the glass by Rick's ear and he immediately comes back from the dead. And Damon remarks that it took a little bit longer than usual and that he better get that ring checked out to make sure it's not going bad. You think that's a joke? You think there's anything to that? I think that's a joke. I mean, these rings do take a while. It's weird that it took longer, but it was also nighttime. Who knows? could be any number of things. I don't think a ring can really, I don't think that can really go bad. Yeah, it's a spell. Rick says, you killed me. And Damon says, yeah, well, you pissed me off. And Rick says, you killed me. Yeah. Damon's like, well, we both, we both said things we didn't mean. Yeah. Damon says, oh my God, look, Rick, no hurt feelings. I was on a bit of a tear. Everyone was trying to tell me how to behave. He's like, aren't you happy I killed someone who I knew would come back though? And Rick says, you know, maybe they just realized that you're a dick. And then he gets up and leaves and he doesn't even drink his screwdrivers. So you know, he's really mad. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even take the drink for the road. <laughs> yeah. um, so then we go out to the town square. Caroline and Elena are walking the next day and Caroline says, you know, I'm not going to say I told you so, but I did tell you so. <laughs> I'm sorry, she did tell her so and she should say it. Yeah, and Elena says, okay, look, you and Damon were both right. I was trying to change him and I shouldn't have been doing that. But if he wants to be in my life and Caroline says, okay, you know what? I'm cutting you off. It's been a long week for me, so I'm just going to be blunt. It doesn't matter what he does. Damon's gotten under your skin. Surprise, surprise, Elena denies it. Yeah, Caroline's like, it doesn't matter that he's a, a bad dude, really. Like, clearly you care about him regardless. And Caroline says, yeah, just admit it. You're attracted to him in all his bad brother glory. And Elena says, no. And Caroline says, oh, no, you're not attracted to him or no, you won't admit it. And Elena finally gives up a little bit. and She says, I can't. If I admit it or even let myself think about it for a second, what does that say about me? Because she thinks that makes her Catherine. Yeah, she's starting to be like, you know what, Catherine, I get it. You know, I'm starting to understand where Catherine is coming from here. So Caroline says, that just means that you're human, Elena. This is another great example of how good of friends these girls are. Caroline doesn't care that she's attracted to Damon. Caroline doesn't care that Elena is doing something that may be detrimental to her. She just wants her to be honest about it and be like, just like, let's accept it and work on it together. Yeah. She's like, look, you clearly are attracted to him. That doesn't make you a bad person, but it's just something that like, you need to be honest with yourself about. Like, obviously you both lost Stefan. You both care about him. You're going to bond about that. That's fine. But if you keep pushing it off, then it it's never, you're never going to get anywhere with it. Exactly. And like, you just need to talk honestly to yourself. Caroline's a very good friend because she does the tough love thing. But then she's like, look, I'm just doing this because like, I think you need to like, be aware of it. You just need to unpack this. Yeah. And then Caroline spots her dad. Elena offers to help, but Caroline says she's got it. And she approaches him. He's getting in his car and he says, Hey, don't worry. I'm going to go back home before somebody kills me. Smart move by him. Yeah. He says, I know what I've been had. He's like, you know what? I tried. Didn't work. That's okay. I'll go. She says, Hey, how's your neck? And he shows her it's healed. And he thanks her for coming to his rescue. And he seems to be like, kind of happy and like, yeah, like, I'm good. It's good to see you. Like, it's looking kind of positive, a little potential, like, acceptance. Yeah, and she says, you know, you're welcome. And he says, bye. He doesn't say anything else. Caroline picks up on the positive vibes and she decides to take this conversation a little further, which she shouldn't have done. (laughs) She should have taken the positive vibes and gone. And she says, hey, dad, I'm going to be okay. And he comes out of the car and he says, you're a vampire, sweetheart. I don't think you'll ever be okay again. And then he (laughs) leaves. Yeah, he says, sweetie. Don't be a fucking idiot. No, you won't be, you little dumb, dumb bitch monster. He says, oh, my little sweetheart, honey, you'll never be okay, you freak of nature. Oh, sweetheart, I hate you more than anything on this earth. And she goes, oh, um, <laughs> drive safe. <laughs> and he leaves and she's like, Jesus. She's like, well, that didn't go super great, but at least he didn't uh, take my daylight ring off. So yeah. we're going to take it as a-, a- a a win. progress. So then we go over to the Lockwood house. Alaric is sitting down with Carol and Liz, and he's making a case that the Gilbert family is a founding family and they deserve voice on the council. And since he is taking care of Elena and Jeremy, he should be that voice. Carol says, well, you know, that's not how it works. Like you kind of have to be grandfathered into the council. Well, it's like, what do you want Elena or Jeremy on the council? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think you're going to pick Alaric. Yeah. And Alaric says, okay, well then tell me how it does work because the council's job is to protect the people of this town your daughter's a vampire your son's a werewolf so who exactly is looking out for the humans and isn't this, is an, this is a good point <laughs> that is a fair point like you do have to give it to him he's like look i've been killed a couple times personally and i don't really want that to happen to a ton more people because not everyone has a nice little ring like me he's like i understand we can live with the vampires but we do have to like keep them in check sometimes. Alaric says look some of them are our friends and family, but we have to remember they are a supernatural. They don't follow our rules or our laws. They look after themselves and we should too. See you guys at the next meeting. He really um, confidences his way into this. So this shows us something about Alaric that Alaric came in to this town, pretty anti-vampire. He was a vampire hunter, we have to remember. And he's yeah. been pretty on our team's side for quite a while. Do you think Alaric is gonna turn against our supernatural friends? think he's gonna turn against them but i think he is not gonna let them get away with all this same stuff you know they've it's been very everything they've done has been very in plain view essentially like obviously it's stayed hidden but they like have all these showdowns at school dances and shit and i think he's like we just can't be doing that like it's just gonna end with people dying and getting hurt and i think realistically this is a step in the direction of like acceptance of vampires across the council like look we can't just say they're all evil because that's not productive like all that leads to is them avoiding us and lying to us and like taking matters into their own hands like if we're all aware of all this stuff we can kind of approach things a little bit more intelligently and efficiently like we don't have to rely on someone like a loose cannon like Damon. it may have been different when there were people to like ground them there's a lot of shit happening. People are in good moods and alerts like, look, I just feel like if I'm going to protect this family that I kind of stumbled into and like preserve Jenna's legacy in that way, like I should be protecting other people too. And like do something useful with the council. Like this council isn't doing anything right now. Mm-hmm. And like someone else needs to hold Damon accountable because if it's just a he's just going to take it personally every time. Yeah. So then we go over to the grill where Elena is meeting up with Bonnie. We find out later it is not Elena, but it is indeed Catherine. However, Catherine is doing a very convincing Elena. Yeah. She's doing good. She's she's really perfected this. Yeah. She sits down she says, Hey, Jeremy told me that you still have my necklace. And Bonnie says, Oh yeah, sorry, I haven't figured out what's up with it yet. And Elena says, Well, I just feel weird without it because of Stefan. And so Bonnie gives it back. Great move, Miss Catherine. And Bonnie says, Also, did Jeremy tell you that he's been seeing the ghosts of Vicky and Anna and talking to them all summer because I brought him back to life? And Catherine's like, I could not care less about that at all. Yeah, but Catherine says, what? Oh, my God. That's crazy. (laughs) Insane. And Bonnie says, yeah, that's the consequences that the witches mentioned, I guess. And she starts to vent and she looked up and Elena has like suddenly disappeared. And I was like, okay. That's giving Catherine. Like it was yeah. so fast. I was like, where did she go? It's like that couldn't have been a Yeah, it's like, Alina, what is your problem? <laughs> I'm obsessed with Catherine being like, No, I'm not listening to this. I got the necklace. I'm going. She faked it for exactly two seconds until Bonnie looked away. She was like, I'm not having a whole lunch. She said, No, I'm not doing this. She said, Do not even bring me a coffee. I can't, <laughs> I don't have time. I don't even want to see the waiter. She could have so easily faked it for an hour. but she just didn't. So then we go over to the Salvador house where we think it's Elena at the door. And I will say, if you look at the outfits, it's actually almost an exact match of outfits because Elena's wearing an olive green camisole and Catherine is wearing an olive green camisole with a little sweater over it. And the difference in the shirts, I will point out, because I was clocking this, Elena's little camisole has little white buttons on the top, very henly adjacent. Catherine's ruched. So I saw the ruching and I said, okay, that's Catherine. So we think Elena is standing at the door to the Salvador house when Damon answers. She's looking very meek. And so Damon says, I'm gonna accept written apologies only. And then suddenly Catherine like smiles and pops her hip (laughs) to say like, it's Catherine, bitch. I'm obsessed with the reveal that it's Catherine being a hip hop, And it works immediately. Damon's like, oh, Catherine. And (laughs) she says, you two love birds fighting already. and he's like please leave me alone he says oh don't do that he says what do you want and she says well you know i'm looking for a partner in crime she doesn't tell him it's because stefan rejected her because you are my second choice <laughs> she says do you feel like hitting the road getting out of dodge and he says you know what you have really good timing because i have been told i need to take a beat literally i was like "Catherine hit the nail on the head with the timing here uh, she really found the perfect time to come get david yeah and Catherine says, oh, so is that a yes? I'll drive. And Damon says, you know what? Why not? The walls are kind of closing in on me around here. Yeah, Damon, that's what's going to be good. Yes. Try to get Catherine to fall in love with you again. That'll work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she doesn't tell him where they're going. She says, I'm just going to tell you right now that we're going away from here, but it's really good. And she holds up the necklace to be like, this is what it's about. So that's confirmation that it was Catherine at the grill and not Elena. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go to what we learn later is the back of a truck. Right now yeah. it kind of just looks like a room. So Klaus gives Stefan a little kick and Stefan wakes up and pretty quickly realizes that his goose is cooked. He remembers what happened. Yeah. And Stefan says, "Just give me a chance to explain myself." And Klaus is like, "No. He says no need. I'm not mad. I'm just curious." Rebecca thinks you're holding on to something you know, like a piece of your old life. And the thing about Rebecca is she has flawless instincts, borderline supernatural. So I thought I would follow Rebecca's instincts and check it out. See what you've been hiding. So he opens the back of the truck and he says, welcome to Mystic Falls. And Stefan is like, oh no. Yeah, Stefan is freaked the fuck out. Klaus says, welcome back. And Stefan's like, fuck, fuck. He says, can I just go make one quick phone call? He said, can I- (laughs) Just hop over to my house and speak to my brother privately really quick. Just for a second. And that's where we end the episode. So we end the episode with Stefan arriving back into town and coincidentally, Damon leaving town. Yeah. Do you think Klaus is going to figure out that Elena's alive? I mean, he's going to figure out soon enough. There's just no way he's not. And it's interesting because we have to assume that Catherine is going somewhere to figure out something about the necklace. But she does know Glory is dead. So she's not necessarily going back to Chicago, but she also probably doesn't know that Stefan has made it to Mystic Falls. Although you have to assume that will get to her, considering she has all these little back channels that tell her every single thing that happens somehow. So I assume she's going somewhere else, but not Chicago. But I assume that we'll get some way that Elena will know Klaus is there before he like runs into her on the street. Although he has to be thinking like, okay, if you're holding on to something like, God with be the doppelganger, right? Like, why would you still be holding on to something? And why wouldn't the hybrids work? It's not a crazy thing for him to figure out on his own. He could logically make that leap. Mm-hmm. Well, and Rebecca could know Catherine in theory, or at least know what she looks like. I don't know, because the way Catherine talks about Rebecca, I don't think she ever knew them. And it would make sense for Catherine not to talk to Rebecca because- Klaus is looking for her. Well, it's probably the thing that Rebecca knows what Catherine looks like because he was like, "Hey, we're looking for Catherine. We have to assume." Remember, Catherine was dating Klaus before he tried to kill her. So you have to imagine that Klaus would be like, "Oh, Rebecca, just so you know, like, that's the girl I'm going to kill." Yeah, and Rebecca was like, "Cool by me." Rebecca said, "Makes no difference to me. She's a bitch. I hate her." Yeah, I feel like Rebecca and Catherine must not like, e- would not like each other. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you feel that way? I just feel like because they're both kind of like giving main character energy in a way that they'd be like, "Mm, why is she pulling focus from me? They both want to be queen bees. And they pull focus in different ways. So I don't really think they're indirect competition. But I do think they'd be like, "Mm, hey, I'm usually the center of the room here. Who's this bitch that I'm splitting it with? That's the end of the episode. We're going back to Mystic Falls with Klaus and Stefan. We'll see what happens next week. If anyone runs into anyone, I guess we'll see. As always, if you are enjoying Doppelgangers and the Vampire Diaries, please tell your friends about it. And be sure to give us five stars and a rating review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. So until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.